Hey, creepsters, this is Barry Marino. Of that gnarly old John Wayne Gacy episode last week, we decided we're going to give you guys a little bit of a break from really awful stuff. Just kidding. We're going to be repeating a classic episode of Madame LaLaure and her House of Horrors that we're talking really, really gross here. Aren't you happy? <laughs> Anyway, next week we'll be back with a movie review, so you won't have to deal with all that gross stuff. But in the meantime, enjoy our very first full episode, Madame LaLaure and her House of Horrors. Hi, creepsters. I'm Barry Marino. And I'm Philip Landry. And this This is Open Shutters. Scary ghosts, creepy serial killers, all things that go bump in the night. Enjoy the view from the open shutters. <laughs> Well, welcome, creeps, creepsters, to our very first podcast, Open Shutters. Philip, you excited? Oh, am I excited? I could tell. <laughs> the veins are popping out of his head. He's so excited. <laughs> but Philip, you stay excited, don't you? Most of the time. Yeah, yeah, well, that's good, because that's what we need. Because even though we, we're going to be covering some dark shit. In this episode, dark. Dark, dark, dark. dark Disturbing. Shit. Jet black. And this whole month, this, the theme of this month is pure evil. You know, sometimes people do things and kill people and they have reasons. Like maybe they defended themselves or maybe they defended their child or something like that. But these four cases in the next four episodes are going to be people who have murdered just for pleasure or for personal gain or for greed. Just sheer dehumanization. Sheer of dehumanization. Of others. Like, like, you know, treating the person like they're a mosquito that they swap and swat or something like that. Swat it is, not swap, right? Anyway, before we go on, I want to thank and to do a little shout out to explain. Let me explain first this. This is how I got interested in podcasts. With the COVID-19, you know, we all got furloughed and we were stuck in the house. Oh, my. Yeah. yeah. And, Philip, you know, there's only so many times you could binge Tiger King. Wait, now, I love some Tiger King. <laughs> yeah, I know. That bitch. No, wait, hold it, hold it. We got, we can't be mean to Carol Bass. Okay. okay. All those cool cats. All right, Carol, Carol, you're probably a really nice lady. And we do know right. that your cats eat very, very well. Yes. That's all we can say. <laughs> and sardine oil is infective. Oh, oh, you are so bad. But anyway, I started getting into podcasts. And I discovered a couple of them. Some of my favorites are Scared to Death with, with Dan and Lindsay. That one's really cool. They talk about the ghosts and everything. And then there's also Decoder Ring, which talks about pop culture. They even talk about Baby Shark. There's Baby a whole, Shark for real. A, a whole episode dedicated to Baby Shark. They haven't killed Baby Shark yet. They have not killed Baby Shark yet. He's going to survive, isn't he's he? Gonna, he's surviving. They have an episode on Karens. A whole episode on Karens. Wow. They, 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 they have episodes on, on um, metrosexuals. Episode on Friends of Dorothy. Yeah, a whole episode on Judy Garland and how, she's, and how gay men are friends of Dorothy. So anyway, um, my favorite one is called Morbid, and it's a true crime podcast. And it's Ashley... And Elena, the two girls who run it. And they are really, like, super, super cool. Ashley and Elena, we love you. Both of us love you. We love y'all, darling. Love you to death, baby. <laughs> now, okay, before we get started on our story, there's a couple of things we want to do. First one I want to do is I want to mention a couple of news stories that I saw. And uh, this first one is rather, I guess it's rather disturbing, especially if you're a police officer. Uh, this woman, this this uh, homicide police officer from D.C. was murdered by his wife, and then she killed herself. What do you think mm. of that? That's that's that's, that's kind of creepy. That's something for the creepsters, huh? 
kind of creep, kind of tragic though. Just it's it's tragic, just sad. Too. It, kinda, yeah. it is, it is because um, according to what some of the neighbors say, they they were really nice people. But before she killed, about about nine hours before she killed him, she posted something on social media, and um, by the way, let me give you their names too. Uh, he, she's uh, Christina Lynn Francis, and he's um, these things on it. He is, uh, what's his name again? Oh, Timothy Eugene Francis. And the sheriff's deputies say he was one of the best homicide cops around and a really, really nice guy. And people said that they never thought there was any trouble in their marriage. But she posted a video on the couple's, um, on, on a couple's eight, April 9th, 2017 wedding in Santa Monica, along with a statement that seemed to indicate trouble. Mm. This day meant everything to us, she wrote in a Facebook post, rife with misspellings, including misspellings of her own name. The marriage was put together for a great reason. She wrote that the couple belonged together always. And she said, I love you and what we had together. We had six years of experience, memories, and should have taken precedence over everything and everything we did, but got lost in petty. And they just have on here, they just have expletives. I wonder what she said. You believed was a mistake. Now, um, well, she she clearly was hurt. I mean, she clearly was hurt. There was pain there. I'm not saying what she did was right. But there was definitely, yeah. this is different than what we're going to be later on looking no, at. No, this is nothing like this what is we've nothing been talking about. This, any of these. This yeah. is definitely more of where we're dealing with someone having a personal pain and acting out in a way uh hopefully um i mean there's nothing to do i mean she, you said she killed herself yeah she, she committed so suicide after she so killed yeah there's husband. there's nothing that we can do on this side to to find yeah. out what happened or and get those answers why but hopefully hopefully they may be some um Psychics out in that area. Somebody that ends up helping. In the article, I don't think they had any children. It seemed like they were only married about three years. She mentions about six years. So they probably lived together the first three and then married the second or the last three. And it seemed as though I don't know. Some more may come out about it, but something was happening in their marriage, and she well, was she was really upset. That would about be very it. horrifying. I'm wondering for if it for was children, a, if they were if they were yeah. involved, that would be. Yeah, I don't think, uh, and uh, I don't know. Maybe he had a mistress or something because she is acting pretty much like a woman scorned. But anyway, that's um, it's a tragic case, and I'm gonna I'm gonna keep on following it and see what happens if they find out any more stuff. Now. Um, you had something you were reading before we started taping, and oh. you won't read it, and it's so good. Well, okay. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to read the story, but I'll give the name. I'll give where it's at. You, it's easy to go look up. So, apparently, there was a politician who, uh, by the name, in Hungary, whose last name was, I think I'd say it's Sager. I may be butchering the, butchering the name That's some. That's I butcher but, those foreign names. Apparently, he, European and- he was on, I guess, the cabin or whatever for the, the main guy, Orban. And this is all happening in Hungary. And Hungary is really, right now, you know, some of the political stuff there is pretty anti-LGBTQ. Yeah. Going it, on. It's so, very communist, too. Right? Yeah. Uh, well, I'm... Maybe some, but it's very, maybe like, almost fascist. Maybe yeah. a little more fascist. Well, happening. You know, that's all. There's always there, thin really. lines, right? Yeah. But anyhow, so he's all involved with this anti-LGBTQ platform going on in Hungary, and they just recently found him escaping out of a window and across the gutter, leaving a 25 man orgy. <laughs> <laughs> Some neighbors said there was a nighttime. Did you see a picture of this guy? Disturbance. I uh, want to know what he's got that he can get 25 men. I don't know. He looks like something scary that would be be, be at a blackout party. Yeah, well, but, it, I mean, it, it's hungry, you know. It's you know. Like, yeah. 25 men? How do you... With 25 men? It's, it's, I, you don't have enough resources. <laughs> I don't know. It's just 25 total. So it was him and then 24 others, is according to the. Oh, my goodness. According I mean, to the. You reason. know, it's always the ones that are against the LGBT community and that one, that, that, that uh, the family values people. They're always the ones that get caught in the restroom. So, in all actuality, it kind of relates to our thing because, you know, he kind of 
opened, well, the window or even possibly the shutters. And <laughs> oh, he opened the window already. Right. He opened it yeah. all and went right into the gutters. He okay, right there we go. the gutters. Okay, so for the next segment, now what we're going to do, we already thanked our uh, our inspirations, the girls from Morbid and the guy and girl from Scared to Death and, and uh, Dakota Ring. That was the other one. So our next segment, every week, every episode, Philip is going to give us what he calls, what do you call it, the horoscope? Well, they're, they're going to be weekly horoscopes and, or horror, like horoscopes. Yeah, because they're kind of dark. And for some of you, some of you, some of you out there, it's going to be horoscopes because we know what y'all do. Horoscopes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh God, I can't wait till you get to Cancer and Leo. Okay, we'll see what kind of horoscope that is. Oh yeah. <laughs> All right, so, so let's, let's roll with them. Aries. Even though you might be worn out from trying to shave off a few pounds of zombie flesh you acquired over the past couple of weeks or revive yourself from that failed attempt to create an elixir of immortality, this is probably a great week for a night trip out with friends to drink by the light of the moon. You're telling a zombie to go on a night trip with friends. Right, right. You know, that's just normal. Just avoid confrontations with any creatures that might emerge from a dark body of water. Oh, yeah, those creatures that emerge from dark bodies. Of Especially Lake, Lake Pontchartrain after midnight. You know, oh, in Mississippi River. Mm. Uh, all of that, yeah. Mm. Well, Taurus. Oh, the bull. Mm-hmm. Sex with mysterious strangers in a back alley might be on the menu this week. Oh, I gotta tell you something. That's not only Taurus to do that kind of stuff. Oh no, no, no! But it's really on the menu for them. Oh, but they still need to use protection. That includes a damn face mask to go along with your ribbed condom. Yes, exactly. Enjoy whatever socially distant dungeon you happen to discover. As a side note, just because you had to delay any vacations with the extraterrestrials doesn't mean you can't plan it for the future. Um. Now, I don't, I don't think that was bad, too bad for tourists. No, that wasn't too bad. They're they having some fun. They're having uh, you right, know, right. sex things. And, but I don't know those dark creatures coming out of the water. That's kind of... Gemini's, on the other hand, you better hope those bodies you buried and those skeletons you have in the closet stay there. Oh Be careful to whom you tell your dirty little secrets. Because by the light of day, it might all be exposed. Zombies are not very pretty by the light of day anyway. Well, that's Gemini's aren't zombieing out too much yet. Oh, they're not zombies yet. Oh. No, not yet, not yet. They might be carving. I don't know what they're doing. They're doing something with them. However, this may be a time to encourage you to head out into the deep waters from whence you heard the sirens call. The sirens. Yeah, you know they go into the deep the water. Mermaids with are, come on, we live in, We don't live that far from the Gulf Coast. Well, that's true. And they, they, you think they have sirens in the Gulf Coast? And there's rumors out there. Yeah, I know they have a lot of sirens, like on you know on Bourbon Street. True. Yeah. This is true. Yeah. Cancer. Feeling fierce and feeling empowered by those spirits in almost every mirror you look into this week. You should definitely slay the night away and paint the town red with oh. the blood of your enemies. Oh, I get to paint the town red with the I blood of my fabulous. enemies? Okay, but, but wait, I'll, I do have one note of caution. Oh. Make sure oh. your sword or knife is sharper than the other person. I will always keep my swords and knives sharp. Okay, let's hope. Let's hope. <laughs> <laughs> Now you you're usually close to Leo. You're on the cusp. Well, right? yeah, you know, and I think you see the cancer is kind of coming comes out at me now later in life. I'm gotten to be more of a homebody and enjoy being home and uh, binge watching Tiger King. Sorry, Carol. <laughs> <laughs> I also my theater stuff. You know, I have all those years in the theater, and that's Leo. That's ego. ego. Oh yeah, ego. yeah. The, the yeah. Leo is the theater. That is the theater. Well, Leos, we had a good one for you this week. Your devil may care attitude this week might be what the devil himself has in order for you. Really? Your inner demons are your friends this week, so have a good time and enjoy dancing in the shadows. Just do the rest a favor and avoid the split piece suit. You're Wait a good- minute, I make a great split piece suit. I mean, and I, mean- I don't dance. But see, your good time could become someone else's nightmare of cleaning up your mess. That's all the time. Ex Curtis, he's always having to clean up my mess. Well, Curtis is my roommate. <laughs> he cleans up behind me all the time. We'll get into that later. Oh, Virgos. 
Forgot a good one for oh, y'all this week, but it really ain't good for y'all. It's to kind of give y'all a little slap on the face. Bad, and I love my Virgo people. Don't get me wrong, but listen up. Light your candles. Say your prayers. Just remember that this black fog of doom may just be a fart of your own personal imagination. Fart? Yes. There's a fart in horoscope. Of their personal imagination. Oh, they imagine having gas. Yeah, and it's a black fog of doom that they've yeah, created. Wow, well, yes. uh, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. No, not one of my favorite black fogs of doom exactly. either. If you find time to relax, that you might even realize there are quite a few friends on the other side as well as this one willing to help. Take that long walk through the haunted woods without leaving behind a trail of breadcrumbs. I mean, because the signs say to not feed the animals. And besides, you probably aren't returning anyhow. Um, Change of scenery could be welcome. That could be taken, really. That could be disturbing on so many levels. It could be taken so many ways. So I know some have got their minds going crazy right now. They just really need to take that time. Yeah, when they listen to this. I don't think that's going to make them feel any better. Probably not. (laughs) (laughs) Libra. Seducing others like a well-seasoned succubus might be in fashion. Time to cast those glamours. Use those powers of persuasion and light up that holiday cheer. You only live once. And for some that might encounter you, this is the lesson they should learn. You might find out that killing them with kindness may take on a whole new meaning. P.S. Hide the poison in the sweets. Oh, oh! thank God I didn't eat my other roommate's homemade heavenly hash. Were, were they a Libra? A po- huh? Were they a Libra? I don't know. What, uh, oh, it could have been made by a Libra. Who knows that? No, no, it was made by William. Oh. Well, then no. Put, William, did you put poison in that heavenly hash? No, I did eat some of it, but all it really did was spike my sugar. I think you're going to be okay, though. Yeah. It spiked my sugar, but I don't think William Poison does. <laughs> Scorpio, time to get back to slumbering in your bedazzled coffin, bitches. Your bloodlust for life recently left you overextended and sucking your own blood after feasting on the souls of others. That is very disgusting. Well, they do that often. I mean, I'm a Scorpio myself, so I know you this. suck on the blood of others while feasting on there and whatever. You know, in a, you know, in a, in a, you know, figurative. Oh, figuratively. Yeah, you know, not grossly. Hopefully not. <laughs> Gorely. <laughs> Be careful with your own resources so that you can relish in the winter of others' discontent. Also, make sure that all flesh. Passes the smell test and take your herbs and vitamins. Oh. Sagittarius. Oh. Yeah, that's my man. My man's a Sagittarius. You know, these are the ones born around Thanksgiving, right? Well, Thanksgiving and going in through into December. Yeah. Yeah. Emerging from the tomb door like a mummy being wrapped up and tucked away for thousands of years, you are ready to get down to business. Many will be cursed by your presence, but some lucky few may even be blessed by association. Like the Valkyrie of old, you hold the power of life and death for most that decide to battle. May the odds be in their favor. You have sounded the purge horn. Even with so much to do, there will still only be a small window to do it. Well, that one wasn't so bad. Well, I mean, they're kind of powerful this week. Yeah, they're they're are... things coming out of the lake and everything, you know? Well, that's true, yeah. They're all ugly creatures coming out the lake. I know a lot of people don't like when the Sagittarius' whole power control, but the Sagittarius sure love when they do. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. I've known a few Sagittariuses. As a matter of fact, I don't know if you remember her, Marcy Marcel. Oh, she was a Sagitt- loved, loved shit. her. Loved her. Total Sagittarius. <laughs> total Sagittarius. Everybody loved her. She was, she, she, ah, I miss her. I wish she was I miss back. her a lot. Mm. I'd love to have had her on here. Oh, she would have been great. We wouldn't have gotten a word in. Probably not. But <laughs> she been it good. would have been a good time. Yes. All, oh, she would have been a great guest. Capricorn. Sex mixed with candy and rock and roll with Satan. 
Time to cash in on that secret deal you made with the Dark Lord. Any black masses should be held off for a couple of weeks, though. Yeah, well, I guess we have to postpone that black mass, huh? Yeah, mm. just just a couple of weeks. That's all. Oh, okay. It's not, okay. Too long. Yeah, it's not a whole month weeks. or anything. Yeah. Just... Nonetheless, you still have plenty of aces up your sleeves if in a bond. Heads are going to roll, and you are going to need some more freezer space. So thaw out what you need for now. Uh, well, we got a lot of freezer space now. We just cleaned out the freezer. Oh, that's good. And we have already eaten all the Thanksgiving leftovers. Oh my, that's yeah, excellent. Yeah. Was it good? Yeah. You had a good Thanksgiving? Yeah, yeah, I ate like $25 worth of oyster dressing. <laughs> <laughs> it was just me and the cat. No, well, Curtis got a little bit of it. <laughs> I, I ate most of it. <laughs> Aquarius. Sorry you had to miss out on your winter cruise tour of the Bermuda Triangle, but there are plenty of sights and sounds at your local cemetery. Astral projections may be unplanned this week, but who knows where you might find yourself in the Matrix. Place a to-go order for two. Have mystical pizza with one of your many ghostly admirers. Place a little glitter on those skulls that are laying around. Makes them look a little more festive. Yeah. You know, yeah. love festive. Well, yeah, you got to put glitter on the skulls. Huh? You know, otherwise, right. they're just skulls. And finally, set the holiday lights up to call those otherworldly beings. Oh, them world-the-worldly beings. Yes, they love the lights. They love them. They, they like them twinkling. That's yes. why they come around, around Christmas time. and look Twinkling at you, and blinking. Eat your Christmas tree and everything. <laughs> you know. All right. <laughs> Pisces. Oh, them fish. Oh, yes, honey. Looks like you just got invited to your own little personal freak show dinner theater. Only your closest friends are allowed to attend. Is that like fish that swam in water by a <laughs> nuclear power plant? Is that kind of freak show that is? Possible. Oh, okay. In some variation. You know, like on The Simpsons when Mr. <laughs> Burns had that pet fish with the two heads. <laughs> You're right. You... You are okay to eat and drink what you like, except the fruit basket in the middle of the table. That is off limits. That sounds like the tree in the Garden of Eden. Kind of is in its own way, but it's something else. Just off limits. No questions. Don't ask. Just don't eat. Oh, that talking snake's going to come up there and tell them, eat that fruit. Probably so. Yeah. You know, they can't help themselves. Right. Also, but, well, there's enough alcohol though. They're not going to even worry about the fruit basket, okay? But no. but they're it's going to be a, a, it's going to haunt them. Yeah, get them drunk be... enough, and they would they should just. That, but why didn't God think of that? He all we had to do was get Adam and Eve drunk, and they wouldn't even thought about that tree. Exactly. Also, don't give anyone new your real name. Keep a secret identity. Well, that's just common sense. Well, the Pisces definitely need to do this this week. Yeah. For certain reasons. That means he's going to be getting a lot of calls from some guy with a foreign accent named Jim that wants his social security number and credit card number or the police are waiting a block away to pick well, it up. Well, not all calls are bad, though. A booty call from the spirit realm at 3 a.m. in the morning could happen for Pisces. Oh. Things do go bump in the night. Booty calls can be... Mm, you know, chef kiss. <laughs> And I got that from the girls. Yes. And that is our weekly horoscopes for this week. Hope y'all enjoyed that. Oh, that was wonderful. I enjoyed it. I know that much. What I have to do before we go to a commercial break is I have to um, credit our opening music, the Creepy a creepy Lullaby by Inspector J of freesound.org. And his website is www.jsaw.c0.uk. And he's got some really great stuff there. Some of it, some of it you know, is, is, is free. And some of it you have to pay a little fee for. But he's got some really good stuff. And, he, and if you use something of his, you have to make sure you credit him for it. So thank you, Jay. And we love using it. And we will be back after this commercial. Okay, our uh, commercial actually came after the music. We didn't see that at first. We're new to this. We're just starting. So um, today's uh, subject is um, 
something that happened right here in New Orleans. We know, you know, we are like one of the most haunted cities in America. And um, we're going to talk today about one of the most notorious serial killers and notorious residents of New Orleans. You know what her name is? Her name is Marie Delphine Lalore. Ooh. Now, you guys probably know her from American Horror Story. Or if you've been in New Orleans and been on a ghost tour, you have definitely heard. Now, in American Horror Story, she was played by Kathy Bates, who was wonderful in the role that she had. But we're going to have to, we're bursting some American Horror Story bubble. Yeah, we are. Okay, first of all, Delphine looked nothing like Kathy Bates. She actually was a beauty. Kathy Bates is a great actress. We love her, but I wouldn't call her a beauty, would you? I mean, in her own way, but yeah, yeah not, not, not like superb. No, not, not like the classic beauty. She's, she's I'm not like, here for body shaming. She's a, no, she's no. No, it's not, not body shaming. She's, she's, she's not in the the type of beauty. Like, look at this picture, of Delphine here. Look at the waistline. Very different than Kathy Bates. I yes. mean, she has a waistline that looks like it's about 22. <laughs> you know, and I mean, you know, the thing about these pictures is, you know, this woman was probably prettier in person because paintings never do justice. You know, it's true. But anyway, um, she didn't look like Kathy Bates. She probably would look more like Jessica Lange. She would have been that type of woman. But but we did learn a few things about her from from the show. I mean, I mean, you do remember when she cut the chick uh, the chicken's head off and had the blood squirt at it, right? Yeah. She taught us that she had an original recipe for fried chicken long before the Colonel or Copeland. Really? Yes. Before Popeyes? Yes. Before churches? Yes, honey. Oh, my goodness. Oh. Well, we can thank her for that much. Exactly. And, and she was already had her own rejuvenation process with the blood on the face long before many of the cosmetic companies we have nowadays. But wasn't, didn't she get that from Elizabeth Battery? That's true. That's, that's a, true. That's yeah, a, that, that was really that was, was stolen. Yeah, that's true. I think that, that I think they took that from Elizabeth Battery. Another thing too. Okay, she and Marie Laveau were not mortal enemies. You know why? Because they never met. No, I mean that was total artistic license. Like, okay, you know, like you know, everybody knows that Mary Queen of Scots and Elizabeth and Queen Elizabeth the first never met. Yet they made a movie in the seventies called Mary Queen of Scots, starring uh, Vanessa Redgrave and Glenda Jackson. You cannot have a movie with Vanessa Redgrave and Linda Gra Jack Glenda Jackson, Glenda, <laughs> the Good Witch of the North. <laughs> you can't have a movie with Glenda Jackson and Vanessa Redgrave and not have them have a scene together. That's blasphemy. Yes, and I mean Angela Bassett was amazing. And you had to put. They, so they they concocted the scene where they see where Mary and, and Elizabeth secretly meet in the forest and talk. Ooh. Something that never happened. It's we call it artistic license. Exactly. So she never met Marie Laveau. And first of all, we all we actually going to do uh, an episode on Marie Laveau in the future. So I don't want to touch too much on her now. But Marie Laveau would never have had a slave for a lover because back then she was a free woman of color. She would not have even traveled in the same circles with any of the slaves, except maybe to, you know, have them serve her when she visited someone's house. The only, the only thing that we could possibly say is that Marie Laveau was a contemporary of Lollerie and may have had some knowledge of her, but there is no actual documented encounters between the yeah, two. Well, you know, a lot, a lot of wealthy socialites went to um, went to Marie Laveau for different oh, yeah. things. So yeah. she, so she, we, may, they may so have, she was really going to have Laveau knowledge. Marie Laveau was a hairdresser. She likely could have done Delphine's hair. Right. Or been connected to people that were friends yeah. of Delphine's or at least acquaintances of Delphine's. Now, um, another thing about Delphine is the American Horror Story portrayed her is this Southern kind of, I, I know, I hate to use the word cracker because it's probably kind of uh, racist, but this Southern woman with a Southern accent and calling black people the really horrible names like Darkie. But the real Delphine wouldn't have spoken like that. She only spoke French. She may have spoken French and Spanish. Yeah, she spoke she, Spanish as well. But she didn't speak English. Now, uh, getting on to Delphine, she was born Marie Delphine McCarty. 
on March 19, 1787, in Spanish Louisiana, New Orleans. Her parents were, let's see if I could pronounce this. Her father was Louis, Louis Bartholomew de Macarte, and her mother was Marie Jeanne Labelle, also known as a, the, the widow, the widow Lecomte, because she had been married before. She was a widow when she married Louis uh, McCarty. And they were a European Creole community, uh, you know, big society people. So it's definitely pretty, uh, pretty sure, we're pretty sure that Delphine grew up in a privileged Oh, atmosphere. yeah, without a doubt. Now, we see when Delphine was four years old, there was a Haitian revolution, slave revolution, and the slaves revolved and killed their own masters and killed the children and everything. And that caused a lot of people here in the, in the, in the United States and here in, uh, that was in 1791. We weren't quite American yet. We were still Spanish. But that caused a lot of the um, slave owners and then there was also, yeah, there was the Point Coupe conspiracy in 1794. And then there was the German coast here in Louisiana. Oh, yes, that's Louisiana. That's what Oak Alley and, and Laura Plantation, all that is. So that probably could have had Delphine, you know, that, that made a lot of the slave owners want to be more strict. And that probably could have had something to do with her psyche and the way she wound up be, um, eventually treating their slaves. Now, Delphine was married three times. Her first marriage was to Don Ramon de Lopez Angulo. It's so a Spanish man. The Spanish royal, a uh, high-ranking Spanish royal officer. Oh, wow. And one other thing I forgot to mention is Delphine's family. She had a... Um, so she had to come from status to even marry Oh, him. Well, yeah. yeah. Her, her, um, her, um, she had a cousin that was a, was a mayor of, Louis, of New Orleans, and she had a, her... Um, and her uncle by marriage, Esteban Rodriguez de Miro, was the governor of Spanish-American Providence in Louisiana from 1785 to 1791, Louisiana and Florida. So, yes, yeah, she came from status. She definitely was a child of privilege. So she married uh, this man, Don Ramon de Lopez de Aguilano. <laughs> These names, I swear. And in 18... Uh, Oh, four, after the American acquisition, after the Louisiana Purchase, it was then again a French territory. Don Ramon, was, he was appointed as consul for Spain in the territory of New Orleans and appeared at the court of Spain. But when he was on the way to, to Madrid with Delphine, who was then pregnant, he suddenly died in Havana of mysterious circumstances. Okay, so she was pregnant. Now, was that, what, was that one of her, was that one of the children? That was the daughter. That was actually featured in American Horror Story. Her name oh. was Marie Borgia. Borgia. Oh, Borgita. 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 That was Borgita, who was the one that was one of the featured in, in, in there. That's the only um, child she had from the first husband. So in, two, uh, in June 1808, she married Jean Blanc. He was a banker and merchant law, uh, lawyer and a legislator. And he purchased a house at Talk about having your hands in everything. Yeah, and he purchased a house at 409 Royal Street, not the current house. I believe this where this house was is either 409 Royal Street. Yeah, that would be probably about where Brennan's is now. Brennan's yes, that is, well, that's actually, yeah, that's uh, yeah. right across from like the Supreme Court building. And she had four yeah. children from him. She had Marie-Louise Pauline. She had Louise Marie... Laurie, Laurie and Marie-Louise Jean and Jean-Pierre Paulin Blanc. And her husband died in 1816. So she had a son, too, that wasn't shown in American Horror Story. Ah. And I, I read the book about uh, Madame Laurie. This second husband died in mysterious circumstances. I think he might have been poisoned. Well, well, so there was a son, but now that's interesting. Yeah, she that's... had a son with the second husband, yeah. Hmm. And Boquita is the only child she has from her first husband. Now, her third marriage was a June 25th, 1825, and she married a physician named Lennet Louis Nicolas Lalaure, and he was much younger than her. He was like 20 years younger than her. And that's they're the ones that bought the property that's now known as the Lalaure Mansion at 1140 right. Royal. 
Now you now you used to do tours, right? Yes, it's been a while. It's been a while. It's been a while for me too. It's been three years, but that is the house where yes, it, when it, the shit's going down. Yeah, eleven forty. Yeah, yeah eleven forty. Right. And um, and it was a two story mansion. They built a two story mansion there, complete with attached slave quarters. And she, I love that he was much younger than her. So she was. Well, so she had now taken her opportunity to start actually cougaring. Yeah, she was <laughs> the, the original cougar. She was before Mrs. Robinson. She's like, I'm. You know, I need something much younger now. Well, I need one, to play. Well, he was also. He, he, she she helped finance his law studies. Some things I've watched and all said that all her husbands had money and everything, but this was her. This was her boy toy gigolo. Mm. And so. Um, this marriage uh, showed signs of strain, and on November 16, 1832, she petitioned the first judicial court for separation from bed and board of her husband, which is we tell you, we call it a legal separation. I mean, was she tired? And she claimed that he treat <laughs> no, she claimed that he treated her in such a manner as to render their living condition together unsupportable, which to me sounds like maybe he. Eat her butt, <laughs> maybe, <laughs> and um, which is also very bold at the time. But I mean, it says something about her name and who she was that she had that ability to really file that. Yeah, and he, but you see, the separation didn't last because um, he was there that fate fatal night. Yes, and we're going to talk a little bit now about how she treated her slaves. A treatment of slaves between 1831 and 1831. Some, some, there's a lot of mixed stories. Some have said that, you know, she was she she had been charged with slave abuse. Now there is a story of her handmaid Leah. You know this story, don't you? So Leah was a 12 year old girl. She used to, was her handmaid that used to do all her little grooming things for her. And one of Leah's jobs was to brush her Delphine's very long hair. But she had a little snag. Delphine had a whip sitting right there. She'd crack the girl with a whip. Mm. Well, one night, poor Leah had a particularly nasty snag that took a few strands out. And Delphine was pissed off. She chased this girl around the house with a whip. The girl was so frightened of what her punishment from Delphine would be that she jumped and killed herself. Jumped to her death. And Delphine oh, wow. actually was charged and convicted of slave abuse. But do you know what her sentence was? $300 fine. Wow. She also had had her slaves taken away. They would take them away and she would have cousins and relatives go buy them back and bring them back. I mean, that just shows you right there. It's not just about Delphine as the horror, but in that time, a person wasn't valued. That, that child was not valued. Yeah, yeah. That was the horror of of slavery in itself in the society. Is that any any kind of human being could be owned by another one and treated like even people you know people treat their pets better than this. But it's the and it's the fact that they put a dollar value on their life. Now, even though that may seem like a lot of amount at that time, it still is the fact you dehumanize that person. Yeah. And she, I don't mm. know. So anyway. We're going to go ahead to the, the night of... Now, one of the things... So let's, let's touch on this, too, of Delphine in society. She was very, very, very well regarded in society. And she was known for her big soirees. You know, she used to give big old parties all the time. And back then, they didn't have trendy nightclubs. The trendy nightclubs were the house parties that the rich folks gave. They were having 25 people orgies like that man. I don't know. Maybe she did. I don't know. This woman, you know, nothing would surprise me with her. But anyway, she um, she would have these lavish parties and they would start like six o'clock Friday and they wouldn't end until Sunday night and just wow. going constantly. And anybody who was anyone would was invited to one of her parties to oh the soiree, as they called it back then. So uh, Delphine um, had had one of her big parties. And on the night of April 10th, 1918, 1834, 19. I'm giving her 100 more years. Uh, April 10th, 1834, fire broke out at the Laurel Street on Royal Street. And it had started in the kitchen. Now, back in those days, the kitchen was separate from the main house because for several reasons. First of all, the heat. 
You know how the heat in New Orleans can be. Oh, Imagine in 1834 when there was no air conditioning. Then there was um, the, the fire. You know, they, they wanted to protect the main house from fire. And so they would, they would, they would cook and then they would bring the food into the house after it was finished. So it broke down in the kitchen and the firemen come in and the cook, who was like 70 years old, is chained to the stove. Mm. And she tells the, the, the firemen and the police that she started the fire. And they said, um, why would you do this? You know that you're going to, you know, you know, you know, you're going to get hanged for this. This is, you know, she says, I don't care what happens to me. I just want you to go upstairs in that attic and see what's going on. So they go, I think Delphine and her husband, who was back, she was back with them, were trying to stop her, but they went anyway. And what they found cannot be described as anything more than a torture chamber. The New Orleans Bee, which was a newspaper at the time, said that one of the firemen they interviewed said, my biggest regret in life is that I can never unsee what I saw in that attic. And they would say they had they had slaves that were hanging from the walls. They were being dissected. They had people that had they were blinded and they had got eyes gouged out and they were still alive screaming. And, and this is reported. This, yeah. this, they were living in their own feces. It was, uh, they, they even had one, one woman, they broke her, her limbs and set them together so that she would walk like a crab. Mm. I mean, these are, these were atrocities, even for those days. This was, this, this shocked people even in 1834. And you see how they dehumanized people in 1834. Right. So, you know, word travels fast. You don't really need the internet or television for something like that. It got all over the city. And at that time, the city was basically just a French Quarter. Before long, there was a mob there waiting for Delphine's head. Now, what's happened to her, it's vague what's happened to her afterwards. Most accounts say that she escaped and she moved to Europe. where she. Some say she lived in poverty. Some say she still lived in opulence. I don't see how she could have lived in opulence if she she if all her money was well, here. Well, that and then also, I mean, France at that time was an upheaval. So if she did go back to France, like they said in the eighteen thirties, things would have been wouldn't have been as easy. I mean, it would have been maybe survivable, but probably wasn't easy. So if she did make it back, it was a different world. Yeah, and her son accounted says that she uh, wrote that she had died August fifteenth. 1842 at the age of 62 of natural causes at 62 in the 1840s was probably like somebody 90 now exactly we so have she Bet still have Betty White back then long. that's yeah. like 175 right. <laughs> and uh so she um but I've heard this that when it when the uh house was um Somebody was wanted to turn the kitchen into a garage because that kitchen still stands, but it's where they park the cars now. And uh, they said that they brought, they knocked this wall down because it was like a wall that went nowhere. And they found like what looked like a doctor's waiting room with all these skeletons. So obviously what she was doing is she had these people sitting in the waiting room waiting to go upstairs and be tortured, just like we go and wait to get our flu mm. shot. And... Um, they found some bones that one, one medical examiner said was consistent with a middle-aged Caucasian woman. Could that have been Delphine? Could she have died in that house? Who knows, unless... Unless it was someone... Could have been a mistress of, of the... Of her husband. Yeah, well, he was younger, you know. I mean, I mean they weren't doing well. So, uh, I mean, and you so know, that lends to other questions. You know Could he it be her? You know he was going to look at some young stuff on the side. He wasn't just... Tapping oh, that old thing. Oh, so many men back then. I mean, there were so I many. I mean, she was in her 50s at that point. He, he was like 30. Men still today sometimes do that. So, <laughs> But anyway, uh, and 50s back then was like an old lady. You know, that wouldn't have been, uh, that wouldn't have been Madonna. You know, that wouldn't have been um, Courtney Cox. <laughs> that would have been, you know, maybe either the bunkers. <laughs> you know, like that. But, um... The house is purported to be the most haunted house in America. Have you heard any ghost stories about it? 
I mean, there's always been different accounts. I mean, I mean, yeah, like any property, and, you, and we're gonna mm. deal with this throughout, you know, these these series of podcasts that we deal with. Is what type of energy is there? Yeah, is it imprinted on people's belief from hearing the story, or is it actually imprinted by the actions that happened by those actual? Well, one of the ghosts that people seems to th- seem to okay. th- see. Often is the little girl jumping off the balcony. Yeah, and now, and that's the thing. That is that that could be an imprint of that moment because you think that for that young girl when she jumped off that balcony, the amount of just despair and that energy of giving up that life energy that left that imprint at that moment. Yeah. So that's possible that that is actual spirit energy. Now the real question. Is do we have anything that goes beyond that? Do we have any active energy within that house? Well, there have been some accounts. There was one um, man. He was an African-American man. He was doing some work on it in the 1950s. And he said that um, he was sleeping. He was sleeping. he was living in the house as, as he was working on it. And he was awakened in the middle of the night by a woman dressed in like 1834 clothes with a big old stick trying to beat him up. And he got the stick away from her or something, and she ran. And when he chased her, she just vanished. Yeah. And that, that so sounds that, like Delphine. And that and seems pretty would, active. Why would Delphine's other. ghost be there if she died all the way in France? That's another thing, too. Well, it depends. It depends. It, a lot of people do claim where you die leaves a lot of energy, but also where you've done certain things in your life. And that's what greatest you of, good you know. or greatest ill is also where you leave a lot of energy behind that you can mm-hmm. kind of be tethered to, so to speak. Now the house has a very, very sordid history. It's nothing. They've been tried several businesses that have been tried there. They never last more than six months. Somebody tried to have a restaurant, a hotel, even uh, it was even apartments at one time. They never last. And the last high uh, profile owner of that house was actor Nicolas Cage, who purchased the house. Let me see if I can find out when this happened. He purchased the house in 2007. And he bought it for $3.45 million. That's about right for the French Quarter. <laughs> in 2009, he had to be listed in auction because his business manager absconded with all his money. That also led to his career going on the downhill because he had to take... Any part he could get. Well, and that's just a little to, over two years. They yeah. left him with, they left him, yeah, he left him owing the IRS something like $30 million. But isn't he the heel the IRS? Well, it was, it, 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 see, the bank, he, he, the owned bank, the he got foreclosed in the bank, and the bank seized it. Yeah, but he, he owed all kinds of money to the IRS. So he had to take any movie he could get. That's how he got to do some stuff like that. Bad uh, cop, New Orleans, that kind of thing, you know. And the, the wicker man with the bees on his head. Bees, no, please, bees. <laughs> you saw that one, huh? <laughs> so now today it is owned by a private, uh, you know, private owners. They, they, they shy away from any kind of publicity or anything. Well, and they claim like, and then now I think they say. And they that, say there's nothing, nothing there, going yeah, on. Yeah. But there's also been accounts possibly that there has been a cleansing actually done in the house. Mm. There's been rumored to have that done. Yeah, that's possible. They said that has been done. So, I mean. So, anyway, uh, we have, uh, so the house now is owned by by, by, by private owners. They wouldn't even allow American Horror Story to film there. No, they actually filmed right next door. Right next door, the house next door. And, you know, everything there. And there are no, you know, that's another, that's more American horror story lore. There are no tours inside the Lavari house. No. They showed the tour. Actually, the lady that played the tour guide is a lady I know from the theater. Her husband is Spud from the radio. You know Spud? Oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Maureen Brennan McConnell. She was, she played the, uh, she, she played the tour guide in that. And oh, she's wow. a really good actress. I wish she would have had a bigger part to that. There are a lot of people I knew that did little scenes in an American Horror Story. Like, you know, in Freak uh, Freak Show, the guy that 
Michael Chitlis breaks his head because he catches him with Angela Bassett. I know that guy from the theater. His name. Now Andrew. we did joke a lot about the American Horror Story that season of Coven and all yeah. that, and with the Lollery. But that's actually still my but favorite season. I still just say one of the serious notes that goes along with the actual story that it did highlight is that racism was alive then, yep. and it was still alive now. Yes. And, and and that was, we're looking at, that was 2013 that that season aired. And look at all the things that have happened since then in these last several years. But we also had, had a black president at that time. <clears throat> no, there's been amazing advancements, yes, but there is still a long way yeah. to go. And I don't want to touch upon the current administration. No, we're not going to get, we're, oh. enough has been said, you know, I mean, to me, that that's over. But we know? do have to acknowledge that whether it was 1830s or whether it's 2020 now or whether we're looking at the 1960s, there has always been a racist history. Yeah, there has to been this, America. Yeah, there's been to a deny problem. that that did not happen. You're lying to yourself. It was real. All right. So, um, in closing, I want to talk a little bit about evil and what we. You know, how, how, would you say Delphine was evil? Yes. But the, her lack of regard, I think even if there wouldn't have been slavery, she would have found somebody to do this to. It's just a, you know, some people, okay, there are people who do heinous things, and sometimes they have a good reason. If you're protecting somebody, self-preservation, anything like that. But there was nothing here. She was just doing it for her own pleasure. Cr criminally insane is what yeah, we call her just, nowadays, yes. I don't even know if I call her insane. I think she was just what they called a psychopath. Well, that's what I, I mean. Get, yeah, I she was would getting be. mixed up with a psychopath and a sociopath, and those. I think they're. I mean, I know. I get confused. And <laughs> they say that a psychopath will try to pretend that they care. A sociopath talks about like you have different. Uh, like they, you know, you ever heard Ted Bundy talking? He talks about like it's a day in a park, but then you'll so have somebody oh, else. Oh, I think so I, know, I think I may have figured it out. Okay, so the sociopath has actually been possibly affected by the society environment. Oh, around they pretend them, they have. Whereas been. the psychopath's own mind is the psychopath knows that they're off. wrong. They know they're wrong, but they, they try care. to convince you that they care. Right. So mm. anyway, I my verdict is. Delphine was evil. Oh, evil was without a doubt. Extremely evil, capital E. All right. Well, um, we're going to be doing another one of these next week. And next week, our subject is going to be uh, the senseless murder of Patricia Giesick. And I was telling you a little bit about that case in the cards about two guys who come and who p pick a girl to murder for insurance money. But we're going to get more into it next week. So until then. Just enjoy the shutters, baby, and don't fall out the window. <laughs> don't fall out the window. Bye.